morning, everyone. Um, yes, I'm going to be talking about vibrancy. Um, and probably if you had those little flyers that we did for you, you probably looked at them and you saw the values that the church has, family, um, serving, love, and of course Jesus, and they all kind of like, yeah, that, might, that makes sense. But vibrancy, why is it something that we would value? Why is it something that we would actually want to pursue as a church, as a body? Um, so today, um, I just want to hopefully tell you what vibrancy is, because maybe, you know, living in Zim, <laughs> we don't always know what vibrancy is. Um, so kind of answer that question. Um, why is it something that we value, want to value? And then what might vibrancy look like for us as a body? Vibrancy, by definition, is the state of being full of energy and life, or another one, striking brilliance of color. Now, I know, because I live in Zim, along with you, that sometimes our lives here in Zim anything but vibrant, anything but full of energy, and anything but full of life. We're very, very good at getting to-do lists done. So, um, you know, we'll get up in the morning, but there's no, like, embracing the day. There's, there's you know, it's get up, feed the dog, feed the cat, feed the kid, don't mix that up. Um, and then, you know, reverse your car, open the gate, close the gate, stop at the stop street, give way to the right, slow down over the hump, avoid the potholes, that kind of stuff, and remember to breathe. And then we get to work and it's remember to smile to your colleagues, uh, be kind to your client, sign the dotted line, pay the fine, breathe. And that's our kind of day. And then the next day we get up and we do it all again and we make sure that we feed the cat, feed the dog, feed the kid and don't mix it all up kind of thing. And that at best could be um, described as living but not alive. Or we might say that we are alive but we're not living. And there's this beautiful picture that Jeremiah paints, and it's quite interesting that we've been talking about deserts and desert places and all this kind of stuff, because he paints an incredible picture of what true vibrancy really ought to look like. Um, and it comes from Jeremiah 17, verses 7 to 8. And he's just been talking and he actually says, uh, he starts off in verse uh, 5 and it starts saying about, you know, cursed is the man who trusts in himself or trusts in the flesh of man. And it talks about how he's like a, a shrub that's living in a desert area, in a wilderness, a salt pan. It actually says it's a stunted shrub. But then it goes on, verse 7, and it says... But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. 
To me, that is the absolute picture of vibrancy. I want you to imagine a landscape that has not seen any rain for months. It's been exposed to intense heat levels. There's just dryness, dust. The twigs are brittle on the, sh in the, on the shrub. They're stunted. There's no life when you look out upon this brown, dry, arid space. But then I want you to just kind of move your eyes and just glance at this area where there's this river that's flowing through this dry, barren place. And along the edges of that river, there are these trees, magnificent trees. Trees that are intense in their color, their, their vibrancy from the leaves. And those leaves are green, they're waxy, they're, there's moisture in them. And then you look a little bit closer and you see that there's fruit. And that fruit is luscious, it looks enticing, it's, it's vibrant, it speaks of life. And you look at these two stark contrasts between this dry, arid area, browns, dust, brittle, dry, dry, dry. And you look at it, and then you look at the contrast of these mighty trees, vibrant in their color, and your eyes are drawn to it. And you're like, how? How is this possible that the same intense heat, the same uh, lack of rain, drought, could result in two totally different vegetation, so to speak? And you realize that the ones along the river had roots that were going deep down into levels into the water table that isn't seen with the naked eye. They're planted by that river and that river becomes the source of life and their roots go down deep and it sucks up every nutrient, every bit of water that they that plant and tree needs to remain vibrant, to remain strong, and to remain green and fertile, despite the conditions. And it talks about how that person, or that tree, that person who is like that, is the person who is trusting in the Lord, and has made the Lord their hope and confidence. You see, we live in Zim, and we know that we have been through intense heat, actually for decades, going back to the 1960s, there has been heat in this land, intense heat. We have not seen rain, little glimmers here and little drops, few drops here, there, possibly. But to an all intents and purposes, it's been a dry and arid place. And we look across, and I look across the landscape, believers, non-believers, and I'm like, God, can I see the difference? Is, is the difference that marked between a believer and a non-believer? And I, I'm not sure if I can necessarily say, yes, I can see that's just stunted shrubs and vibrant trees where they're just leaves, just, you know, full. Their branches are laden with fruit. 
And I'm like, God, I'm not sure if I can see that. And I've been crying out pretty much for 12 years saying, God, why am I not seeing this? Why am I not, why is it that the world isn't coming and sitting beneath our shade and saying, the shade that you have, those leaves that you have, I want it. And I've been crying out and saying, God, I want that. I want that in my life. I want to be one of those trees. And all the time I felt like I'm not. I'm just the shriveled shrub. And been feeling like life itself is draining out of me as the heat continues and as the intensity of drought just continues. And it's like everything is just starting to just be leached out. But a couple of months ago, um, I started to feel this little bubble again inside of me. And I started to think, could it be? Could it be that this time, in this place, we, Harvest, the people of Harvest, rise up and become those trees? And so I suppose in some, of our wa- in some ways, this is... This is our heart as leadership, that each one of us would become trees that are planted by that river, where our roots go so deep into the source of life itself. And it brings a greenness to our leaves and an excess to the foliage that is upon us and huge fruit, fruit that is enticing, that people can see and people are drawn to fruit like love joy like love intense love love that sees beyond any divide love that is interested in people that says i want to know what's happening in your life not because i'm just asking but because i really want to know and i love you to see joy just kind of bubbling up to see that peace that is just there, no matter what, no matter that there's suddenly fuel queues and talk of, you know, rates running, it's just peace. And that is only found in the presence of the Lord. It's only found when we put down our roots into that water system, into the life of Jesus. There's a story in um, John 4, Jesus and his disciples had been, um, they'd been traveling and they, they came to the village where Jacob's well was. And Jesus was weary, he was tired. And he told his disciples to go into the village and buy some food. And he sat down beside this well. And a Samaritan woman came to the well. And um, she was coming to draw water midday and Jesus said to her and I'll just um, read from verse 6 and I'm going to read it in the passion translation it's just a really lovely simple translation to understand wearied by his long journey he sat on the edge of Jacob's well he sent his disciples into the village to buy food for it was already afternoon soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water Jesus said to her give me a drink of water surprised she said Why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water? Jews won't even drink from a cup that a Samaritan has used. 
Jesus replied, If you only knew who I am and the gift that God is wanting to give you, you'd be asking me for a drink, and I would give to you living water. The woman replied, But sir, you don't even have a bucket, and this well is very deep. So where do you find this living water? Do you really think that you are greater than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well and drank from it himself, along with his children and livestock? Jesus answered, If you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again and again and again. But if anyone drinks the living water, they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. For when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit, springing up and flooding you with endless life. Here was a lady who was in need of refreshment. She was in need of some water. And Jesus said, I give you a true source of sustenance. I give to you a spring of living water that will rise up, will flood your being with the Holy Spirit unto endless life. A couple of years ago, well, actually early two early 2000s was a really rough time for me. Um, it was a rough time for the whole country, but um, it was a particularly difficult time for me. I, my grandparents were attacked on their farm and my gran was murdered. And um, shortly after that, my very best friend, her dad was also attacked and he later died um, from injuries sustained. And um, about a year or so later after that, my other best friend's mother died of cancer. And so there I was in this moment of sheer grief, really, overwhelmed. Um, I'd suffered loss. My two best friends had suffered loss. And it was a dark period of time. And I felt physically just, I can't keep going. And I think it was God's grace, really. He said to me, sorry, I might get emotional. Um, he said to me, I want you to just come alone and be a, come aside and be with me. And uh, so I went off to Hillsong with no agenda but to spend a year with him in his presence. And about two weeks or two or three weeks into the time that I was there, um, we had what was called Touching Heaven, which is just an extended time of just worship. And I'm just there worshiping with the whole college and um, I, I just lost all sense of everything around me. God just started to minister to me. And I, I saw this picture, and it, it was like watching a video screen. And I saw this little me as a little two-year-old, and Jesus came, and he picked me up, and he threw me up. And then he um, caught me, and he spun me around and around, and I was laughing and he was laughing and then he spun me around until I was kind of dizzy and he put this little two-year-old down and then he ran off behind a rock not very very big but behind a rock and of course I'm like dizzy and I run out toddled off after him and he caught me and he started to tickle me and I started to laugh and laugh and I could feel his breath and hear his heart and in that moment he said to me I'm restoring laughter to you I didn't even realize I had lost my laughter. 
from that moment on, it was so, it was so unusual. I would, I would catch myself laughing and I'd go, Ooh, what was that noise? I had totally and utterly forgotten how to laugh. In my grief and in the grief that I was carrying of my friends, I had forgotten what it was to laugh. And in that moment, he restored laughter to me. And he gave me this unique ability, which I still have to this day. I hear laughter in unusual places. I'll just suddenly be like, and I'll just suddenly hear something, laughter taking place. And it's like it revives something in me. And I remember I would walk down the streets. I had to walk to college. It was about a 40-minute walk. And I would hear laughter in a house. It would be like, whoa. And I remember particularly one day I was shopping. And I heard hilarious laughter in the next aisle. I don't know how many of you have ever heard laughter in a shop, but it just doesn't really happen. And I was just like, I have to see this. And I went round the corner and I just stood there. And I, there were two ladies laughing over a packet of chips. And I just stood and I, I just was like, oh. And it was like he was restoring something to me. And um, I got this nickname that was Skippy Girl. And people had started calling me Skippy Girl. And I was like, why do you call me Skippy Girl? And they were like, do you not realize you skip everywhere? I was like, no. They're like, no, 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 you do, you skip. I'm like, no, I don't, I walk. They're like, no, you skip. So I'm like, no, I don't think so. Until one day I'm going down from the, I'm walking down from the church to the shops, which is not far, about like 100, 150 meters. I'm by myself. And I suddenly catch myself full on skipping like a three-year-old would do, total of, totally abandoned, not even thinking about it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm a grown lady and here I am skipping down to the shops. Anyway, it became a bit of, you know, they would say um, if they needed anything to be done in a hurry, they would say like, send Nicholas, you'll skip that way. And so I was called Skippy Girl. And um, walking to college in the mornings, there would be days where I would just be like, suddenly I'd write, oh my goodness, I'm skipping. And I'm like waving my arms and stuff like this. And I'm like, it's rush hour traffic. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was just, I'd, I just was just, there was a joy that would just had come from being healed in that moment of being embraced by Jesus that brought such incredible life to my being. And um, I began to see people in a way I'd never seen people before. I would probably consider myself pretty much an introvert, but I began to see people and I would see them as they're coming into church and I'd be like, oh, I love that person. Never met them, but I'm like, I love them. And just an incredible and an um, unusual love was just started welling up in my heart for people. I was on the um, coffee ministry and one of the things that you have to do is you um, behind this big box, black box, and you have to pull the shots of coffee. And after a bit, I said to my leader, I said, I'm sorry, I just can't do that. I said, I've got to be out there. I've got to be in the public. I've got to be seeing people. Now, anyone who knows me would be like, that's not necessarily you. But there was something inside of me that suddenly came alive where I suddenly saw people as God was seeing them. And I stood there, it was, it was on a bit of a slope and I was too short to actually just stand and be seen. So I had to get a red carton and I stood on it um, in order to be seen. And I would see these people coming up and my heart would just burst with love for them. And I would have people come up and they would just start sharing things that it was like unusual, like you wouldn't, I've never met you, why would you be doing this? And I was able to pray for people and bless people as they were just going in. 
And suddenly I was alive and I felt like I was fulfilling everything that God had called me to do. And all I was doing was just asking them what drink they wanted and passing the little slip down so that they could make it. And I came back from that year and I literally had just, I spent it with Jesus and I came back and I came back into Zim um, and it wasn't long, it was probably, I don't know, seven, eight months. And suddenly I started feeling that joy just being sucked out of me, that life being sucked out as I began to entertain the negativity that was surrounding me and as I began to participate in the negativity and as I added, started to add fuel to that negativity. And all of a sudden that joy and that vibrancy that I had experienced suddenly started to just seep away as the heat and the pressure and the lack of rain began to take its effect. And as I said a few months ago, it started there was this, just this little bubble little one and I sat there in my office and I said God I, I'm feeling it I'm feeling like you're you're calling us to be different and I began to dream with God and I began to say God what would it look like what would it look like if every single person in harvest was so firmly entrenched in your presence that that life just started to come up and bubble up and up and up and up and out. What would it look like? What would it look like if we woke up on a Sunday morning and we were like, oh, it's Sunday, I get to go and be in the presence of the Lord with others. And our hearts rejoiced, our hearts leapt, just as um, John in Elizabeth's womb leapt at the thought of Jesus and at his presence coming, even though he was still in the womb of Mary. Imagine if we leapt at the idea of being in Jesus' presence. What would it be like if we drove in, and as we drove in, it was just like this bubble of excitement and joy at seeing others and being able to minister to others, be able to meet their needs find out where they're at speak life over them because we're so full of life that the life is flowing out and we can offer that to others what would it look like I began to think about it for the kids because obviously I'm in kids and I already see our little kids already coming under the oppression and the mantle of oppression that rests and abides over this nation and already they're like oh we hate the police and all these negative things which They've experienced and encountered as little as they are. And I began to say, God, what if you got a hold of the kids and your presence so filled them that joy began to bubble up in their lives and they were children again. Imagine, imagine what it would be like if their laughter was just continuous. And I began to say, God, how do we do this? How do I do this? And I began to say, God, I'm going to lay a platform. And then I want your presence to come. And so I started to do bubbles with the kids, with the babies, because I thought, let's start with the natural. And then, God, I'm saying, come. And I start to imagine them chasing those little bubbles and laughing and, and playing with the parachutes and the colors and all that. 
began to see the kids enjoying being with each other. And then I said, but God, it's not enough to end there. It has to be your presence. I began to see parents talking together and, and laughing. And I saw fathers throw back their heads and laugh. And I was like, yes, God, yes. Let that be the start of what you're wanting to do. And I saw people visiting and I saw them coming up and saying, what is this vibrancy, this joy, this life that you seem to have? And I began to see the presence of God just filling this place, filling the people, filling each one of you, filling me. Began to see leaves reappearing on our branches, beautiful, green, luscious, waxy leaves. Nothing shriveled. I began to see huge, big fruit. In my mind, they like pomegranates, that vibrant red. And I said, God, let us be a people that are vibrantly living our lives for your glory. And then I realized that, well, of course, this is God's plan because this is why Jesus came. So this yearning that I'd been feeling was nothing more than what his yearning and his heart is for us. Jesus himself said it. John 10.10 I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. And there is an eternal component to that. But if it's only an eternal component then I might as well pass a cup of cyanide around and we each just take a sip and let's get there. But there's more to it than just the eternal component. There's this here, these 70, 80 years that we have in life here, that he actually is wanting us to live vibrant lives. He's wanting us to be that different from the world that there's the stunted shrubs and there's these massive trees, oaks of righteousness. When Jesus um, went into his hometown, they, he went um, into, the, into the synagogue and to the temple, and um, he was given the scroll of Isaiah to read from. And I'll read it from Isaiah, what he actually read. This, so it's Isaiah 61. Verse 1 to 3. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed and qualified me to preach the gospel of good tidings to the meek, the poor, and afflicted. He has sent me to bind up and heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the physical and spiritual captives, and the opening of the prison and of the eyes of those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of his favor, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion, to give them an ornament, a garland or diadem of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment expressive of praise instead of a heavy, burdened, and failing spirit that they may be called oaks of righteousness lofty strong 
and magnificent, distinguished for uprightness, justice, and right standing with God. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. And then Jesus sat down. He said, today, this is fulfilled in your presence. He was saying, I've come. I've come to bind up the brokenhearted. I've come to proclaim liberty for those that are captive. I've come to open the prison. I've come to comfort all who mourn. I've come to give you beauty for ashes. I've come to give you oil of joy where there's been mourning. Why? So that you can be those oaks of righteousness, those trees planted. Why? For the glory of the Lord. When we are living defeated lives, when we are living no different from the world, when we are as negative as they are, when we are as depressed as they are, when we are lacking energy as much as they are lacking energy, God gets no glory. And I believe he is calling us to be different. And he's saying, come drink. Just as Jesus said to that Samaritan woman, come, I've got the living water, the water that you will never ever thirst again once you've drunk of it. I've got it. Come, come to me. Come to me, all who are thirsty. That's what he said. And I believe that the mantle of depression that um, has been resting over this nation has no right to rest on the children of God. The mantle of oppression, the mantle of negativity, the mantle of hopelessness that we have been feeling in this nation has no place in the, in the lives of the believers. Why? Because we have a source. A source that never, ever, ever runs dry. And he invites us to drink from that source. And so I just, this week, have just been feeling like God is wanting us as a harvest church for it to be t today to be like a line in the sand where we say no longer will we live under that oppression that yoke of slavery but we will step into that river however it looks perhaps you're going to go for a lovely gentle little breaststroke into that river perhaps you're going to go running and you're going to leap and you're going to go as far as you can. Perhaps you're going to go and try and make as big a splash as you possibly can. Perhaps you're just going to just float. But he wants us to get into that river today. Because it's in that river that we come alive. That we become truly vibrant. So I just want to just pray right now and just invite the Holy Spirit to just come and minister to us. And I want you to imagine Jesus standing here, inviting you, giving you permission. Because sometimes we need permission to actually just jump into this river. We adult too well. And he's like, I want you to just be children. Like, just go for it. Just run, jump, squeal, laugh, enjoy it. Enjoy me. Holy Spirit, it's your presence. It's in your presence that there is fullness of joy, that at your right hand that there are pleasures forevermore. 
It's only as we put down our roots into you that we find life and sustenance. And it's only in you that we can remain vibrant and, and bear much fruit for your glory. And so God, I'm asking that you would come in your power and your might right now, that you would come to each person individually, that you would meet them just as you met me that day and you restored to me my laughter. Father, that you would restore to the people here their laughter, their joy, where, they have, where there's been mourning and grieving over their losses, that you would restore beauty to their lives, that they would suddenly, their eyes would be open to see the beauty that you have placed in their lives, that they would not be caught up in the past, but they, they would be present and engaged in the present and see the beauty that surrounds them. Father, I pray for those who have been mourning this country, that you would comfort them, that they would find hope in you again. You are our source of hope. For those that have had disappointments, become covered in ashes and their lives are just a story of black and white and gray and it seems like there's no vibrancy no color in their life father would you just restore color may it just be like powdered paint that just is thrown at them like the color run but oh god it's it's you For those that have lived under a, a mantle of depression and despondency, Father, would that break off them today? Give to them a cloak of praise, a garment of praise that totally encompasses them. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come. I'm going to ask you to do something that's really um, perhaps a little bit unusual, but I really just sense God's wanting us to do that. If you have lived under that hopelessness and that despair and that uh, mantle of depression and that despondency and hopelessness, hopelessness, and if you feel like it's just been gray, white, black, there's been no color, I want you without shame or without condemnation to stand up to your feet because I believe today God is wanting to set you free. He's wanting to put a, a skip in your step. And he's wanting to put a radiance upon your face. He's wanting to bring color into your life again. He's wanting to give you joy where you have been depressed. I want you to do something Bizarre. I want you to lift up your hands to heaven because that's where your help comes from. We can't manufacture this. It's only in his presence. And I want you to open your mouth and let him fill it. He says, open your mouth and I will fill it. Open it wide. Be like it's the first rains. And you want to kind of catch those drops in your mouth. And just embrace it. Let those raindrops fall upon your face. Feel it. Feel it refreshing you. 
Feel it restoring you, reviving you. Feel those drops going down your mouth and just reviving and restoring something deep inside of you. Drink deep. Drink deep. Drink deep. It's available for you. Like standing under a waterfall. Let it wash down over you. And let the joy of childhood be restored to you. The joy and wonder of that just abandonment. And I, 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 I give you permission. I give you permission to be children again in the Lord. I give you permission to enjoy Him. I give you permission to embrace the life that He's come to give you. He let His life be poured out for you. His blood was spilling from His body and it forms a river of life and wherever that river goes, it brings life. Let that life come in. Let it embrace you. Let it fill you, fill you, fill you. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't say, yeah, it's enough. Let it splash over you until it comes and it starts to spill out. And I believe that God is wanting to restore laughter to people. He's wanting to restore laughter. He's wanting you to hear the sound of your own laugh once more. Let love to come, Jesus. Let love to come. Let joy bubble up. Come, Holy Spirit. You who brings joy and life. Come. If you feel a bubble of laughter coming, don't hinder it. Do not hinder it. Allow it to come. It's freedom, people. It's freedom, freedom, freedom. That's what Jesus has come for. Let that laughter begin to rise up. Where you've been hurt, he's coming with healing. For those of you that have been under this depression, I really want to go after this because... Depression is never from the Lord. And when Saul was faced with depression, he would call for David and David would play his harp and the presence of the Lord would come and that depression would break off of Saul. And I believe God is wanting to break off the mantle of depression that you've been living under. No more will you be a person who's dependent upon external factors for your source of joy and sustenance no more holy spirit come release them from that bondage release them from that that heaviness the weight that encumbers them and give them a garment of praise release to their spirits if that's you, I want you to physically throw off that mantle of depression. Whatever it looks like to you, physically throw it off. Do something in your body to, sh to shake that off. And then I want you to reach out 
And I want you to see your heavenly Father who loves you, who adores you, handing you a garment of brilliant colors, a garment of praise. And I want you to put that garment on and I want you to feel it feels just right. I want you to feel it fits just perfectly. It's the right size and it looks so good on you. And I want you to put praise on your lips. I want you to vocalize praise because that's what he's given you. Just start thanking him. You're like, what do I thank him for? If you don't have anything to thank him for, thank him that the sun's shining today because if the sun was not shining, we would all be dead. Thank him for that. Thank him for for the grass. Thank him for trees. Thank him for food. Thank him for whatever it is. Just allow your heart to start thanking him because it's he inhabits the praises of his people and you need him more than you need anything else. Father, I just ask by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would seal what you have um, started in the works of your people today. And you would be faithful to complete it just as you say you will be. Father, we would become a church that is renowned for vibrancy. A church that is known for living life in the fullness that you came to give. That we would carry this life that we find in you out into the marketplace, out into our communities. That we would impact people just through our smile, through the radiance, the oil that you've put on our face. That we would become oaks of righteousness, a planting for your glory, God. And that in the shade of the foliage of these trees, us, many would come to find the true source of all joy, you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you, you're going to complete it. We surrender to you. Amen.